Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Welcome listeners to this week's episode of Virtually Amazing. And Joe and I are thrilled to be back after a summer break. Um, I know that Joe, you've had a proper break. You've been off on holiday by the time this goes out, although we are recording it before that summer break happens. Mm, yeah. So it's a bit kind of get your head around it, isn't yeah. it? It's a bit bit, bit, bit difficult. Um, and I've got I've got children and grandchildren coming to stay next week. So I'm gonna be busy. That's gonna be my 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 holiday non-holiday, because <laughs> um I don't think it'll be much of a holiday for me, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Um, so yeah, so this is our first episode back after the summer break, and we hope you've all had a wonderful summer. And uh, do let us know what you were up to. We we like to hear from you. Let us know on the Facebook page or drop us an email. All the contact details are there on the web page. So Joe, what? Um, bearing in mind we are recording this on the 29th of July. What's going on for you at the moment? So, based on what you've just said, I'm trying to clear the decks in between the school holidays, which I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners can relate to kind of managing a workload around the kids. Um, And then, yeah, at the moment, my big thing is I'm just really looking forward to 10 days in Yorkshire, walking, keeping fingers crossed that we have dry days, because last year we went there and had um, four days of rain out of eight, so you know very typical uk summer but yeah it it, for me it's just going to be nice to be in a different building we've got this lovely cottage booked um we've booked places to go for evening meals not every night but you've got to book in advance so that they can plan the social distancing and it'll just be quite nice to do that. I've got a selection of books that I want to take with me. And yeah, just Good. looking forward to that change of scene, I think. Yeah, yeah. Now, I do relate to that. I'm, I'm actually feeling ready to have some sort of a break. Um, this week, though, we did have a day out. We, we took our day out on Monday and we went up north in Israel to the Golan Heights. Mm. And we went to the Golan Heights distillery which is Israel's first whiskey distillery. And we had a taste, we had a private viewing tour with the lady who's, uh, she and her husband set it up. And she was so knowledgeable. It was really interesting about how they, what they do and, and how they started and all the different ways uh, or different grains that whiskey can be made of and what single malt is and what a blend. It was really interesting. But of course we had to taste that by the time we tasted five different drinks, I mean, it was only a tiny little bit, but you were like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was good fun, but it was, no, it was, was really, really nice. So if any of you follow me on Instagram, you will have seen those pictures uh, yeah. from that, from that tour. I did share a few on Instagram. Uh, and because it was in the Golan Heights, we ended up in Tiberias, which is just stunning anyway, uh, on the lake. Uh, and it was 37 degrees when we were there on Monday. So that was really, really hot. Um, and we found a really nice restaurant. Actually, we'd been there before a few times to, for, for dinner. We had a really early supper and then we, we came home because there was a lot of driving. 
So, uh, but it was it was lovely to just be out. How how far away from home was that trip for you? So it was about a two and a half hour drive or a two hour oh, drive yeah. without yeah. traffic. So, but if you imagine that we are in the center of Israel and in two hours we were at our northernmost border, yeah. we could literally see the border fence from where we were. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not a very big country. And a lot of people think that Israel is this massive place because so much is written and talked about. Yeah. But it's tiny. I mean, it would fit what's, into Wales three times. What's that north border? What's on the other side? Le of uh, Lebanon and Syria. Lebanon and Syria. Syria. Yeah. And then on the east border is Jordan. And in the yeah. south, we've got Gaza and Egypt. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's 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 um, you, you, you know, it's not a long way. I mean, where I live, uh, which is on the seacoast, I have the sea out my front window, um, out my back window, which is where my office is. I can see the West Bank. Uh, I can see the wow. Palestinian villages. They are within touching distance. So when people think it's a, you know, it's a big country, it really yeah. isn't. Um, yeah. but it's lovely I, I, you know it's fab it's fab but yeah. it was it's, it's quite hot at the moment it's so hot that even I want the air conditioning on that's how hot it is <laughs> so, uh, and I yeah. know that that's an ongoing discussion in your home yeah it is it is in fact David keeps saying to everybody it must be hot because Shelley wants the air conditioning on <laughs> so it's hot um, but it's but it's but it's lovely and uh, and I've been doing my morning walks although not this morning I didn't wake up in time to do it because unless I can get out by six a.m. it's just too hot after that yeah. to do an hour and a half walking it's just too too hot but because it's already 28 29 degrees at six so um, and it's still 29 degrees when we go to bed about 11 so wow. so yeah but that's not to make you jealous listeners it's just how it is where I live and um yeah so it's fun so yeah so that's what's going on but yes I I too am ready to have some sort of a break um although um I think this is something that our listeners can resonate with when you work for yourself it's actually really hard to take a break isn't it Joe? it's hard to switch off and say yeah. right I'm not going to go and touch my computer or do any planning or do any yeah. what because even if you're not physically doing you're always thinking about your yeah. business and about ways to improve it uh, yeah. and the things that you can do with it. Uh, and I'm actually really excited that as we are now back, we've had a flurry of guest applications to be guests. <gasps> and all of these upcoming guests through September and October um, are going to be really useful and helpful yeah. with all the, that kind of, uh, of mindset stuff. So I'm really looking yeah. forward to those. But today we have a guest. Yeah. Um, so would you like to tell our listeners about today's guest? Because she's somebody that you know better than me. So Zalika and I met when uh, through VIPVA, APVA, um, oh gosh, a couple of years ago now. And um, Zalika does a lot of bookkeeping and management accounting and um, she has a small team of VA supporting the business as businesses as well um, and we we're also sort of um, mastermind buddies with a couple of other th of the VAs that have been on yeah. guests on our, our our podcast so um yeah she's very very feisty um hugely confident and she's got a great business and I'm sure she's going to have some great tips on running her business and scaling 
for us all yeah. to listen to. That's fantastic. So without any further ado, I think we should go off, finish this segment off, because listen, part of the way that we do this is we record three segments. I'm sure we've told you this before. And uh, this is the first segment. So we have to let this render before we can start the next meeting. So the next meeting is the one with Zalika. So we better go and get this rendered so we can get ready for that one. So I'll see you in a few minutes, Joe. It's that nice recording lady again. Welcome back, <laughs> listeners. And welcome, very big welcome to uh, Zalika Jones, who's joined us. And we were just before having a great chat all about shoes and handbags and fashion <laughs> and stuff. Uh, but we won't bore you with all of that. But uh, anyway, Joe is going to introduce Zalika because she's somebody that Joe knows better. Uh, so it's uh, over to you, Joe. Yeah, it's, it's a really great pleasure to introduce Zalika to everybody. I'm sure a lot of our listeners know Zalika. Um, we met through VIPVA a few years back. And um, yeah, we're now in a mastermind together. We get together with a, a, a group of other business owners and chat about the good, the bad, the ugly aspects of running our own business so um i know that zalika's got more than one business on the go and has a small team so tell us a bit about all of those businesses what you do who you do it for and let's go from there okay so when i started my business in 2014 and i had just been made redundant um and hadn't been working there for very long um and I think what it just showed me is that you're just you're just a number if it doesn't if you don't fit anymore with with their plans and I kind of felt like I'm I'm always someone who goes above and beyond like I I would treat it like it was my own sort of thing yeah and I think probably a bit of ego you know her, mm. her ego but I think my my son had been in primary school for a year or so. My daughter was about to do her GCSEs, and I just thought I wanted more control over what I did, how I worked, who I worked with. So I started. I literally didn't have any ideas of what the business has become today. You know, I I just needed to earn some money to pay the mortgage, pay the bills, and buy shoes and handbags so um <laughs> so um yeah I, I you know I first started off working with um uh, a virtual assistant agency so I'd had a friend who was a virtual assistant but you know I, I'd always been an employee and I didn't know that well so I thought it'd be a really good idea for me to work for an agency so I could learn the ropes and learn you know how they got clients and and software and tools and you know that they kind of use so I probably did that for a few months um and yeah it was just really really hard at first it's because you, you're like yep yeah, started my business what you know why are people not knocking on the door it's because they didn't know I existed and uh, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to show up but I didn't know where I needed to show up and all of those sorts of things so I would say the first 18 months was really really hard it was really be really difficult and I just didn't know what I should be doing marketing wise I'm just you know I'm a qualified bookkeeper so that's my background so you know I'm a numbers person I wasn't yeah. a salesy person um so yeah you know I had lots of bailiffs coming to the door and you know, at six o'clock in the morning and telling my kids to like keep like shh you know um and 
there were times when my phone was cut off because I hadn't paid the bill. And so I didn't not even take my phone with me to the toilet because I couldn't miss a client call because I couldn't call them back. And I think I ended up getting like a page go SIM card and, you know, just always having this excuse like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with my phone. I couldn't answer when you called. And so calling from this completely different number. Um, and after 18 months, I started, I, um, I got a business loan with this company and you have to go in front of a board and explain how you would use this money. I said, oh, you know, I really need a new laptop. But I really wanted to invest in some marketing training. Um, and through doing that training, um, mm. I started doing this, you know, we had to do like a questionnaire and the lady was like, you really have to understand your client. You know, who is your ideal client? And I've heard a lot of these buzzwords before, um, but it's like, you are networking and you're hanging out with other startups. They're not mm. your client, you know, yeah. unless they've had, you know, great investment or anything like that. The startup is not your client. You need to understand, you know, what, what do they read? Where do they network? Because that's where you need to network. You know, you need to understand the psyche and, um, yeah. So yeah, it was just kind of through that. And they said, you know, really great place to start is, do you have any friends or do you know anybody who is like your idol client and, and give them this questionnaire so you can understand, so they can give you some idea. So it was through, it was because of that, I then um, spoke to a friend of mine who owned his own business and he's like, oh, I didn't even know you, you had this. And I realized just how mouse-like I had been I literally <laughs> told anybody and I almost felt embarrassed by it like oh no one would care you know what I was doing and um so he was like oh I you know he's then confessed to me that he had hadn't answered or opened any of his letters from HMRC and he hadn't done his accounts and he hadn't done his VAT returns and he's like if you could just sort it out for me I'd be really really appreciative and so I took him as on as a client and I sorted that all out for him and then he introduced me to um to some other people so that's literally how then I started becoming um busy you know yeah. and just had any money whatsoever so and then uh, a friend of mine um an accountant had um cold called to see if he needed an accountant and so he was like, oh, could you come to the meeting? Because I, I don't know what, what to, you know, I don't know what questions I should be asking. And so I ended up going to this meeting and I met this accountant guy and he seemed really, really cool and I really liked him. So then he became my friend's accountant. And then I would then have clients who were looking for a new accountant. So I would recommend him. And so then he then started to see, he was like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a bookkeeper. And he's like, oh I, oh, I didn't know that. And then he then started to see my work and he's like, oh, actually, would you want to do some bookkeeping for my clients? Because he had a whole team in India, but he had clients who wanted an on-site yeah. bookkeeper or someone in London that could pop in or they could pick up the phone and things like that. So that's how it started really for me. Because um, then I started working with his clients and when I think back, like his, some of his clients were just amazing. And then they had staff who then started their own businesses. And so they gave me a call and said, well, do you want to do bookkeeping for us? And, you know, these are, you know, uh, 
you know, one of these guys, he um, got like a half a million book deal to write um, a book about vegan cooking. And so like, you had these big budgets and so I had to sit with him and do all his budgeting and cash. And so I was, yeah, I just, I had these amazing opportunities. And I mean, even today I can say that I don't, I don't think I've ever got a client like randomly, you know, through social media, they've always been recommendations, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah like joe's really good she's always tagging me in, yeah. in stuff you know and i think it's through my net my own kind of networking like that yeah. so very very rarely am i yeah kind of i get a job in that way it's usually recommendations i usually get an an intro email from yeah. somebody yeah. who i work with or, I, or i've met so and, and that's the thing as well it's like you might meet someone they already have a bookkeeper or already have their own team but they <laughs> bearing you in mind because they've met me and they know my personality and then they're kind of like oh I think you should work with so and so that you know I think you two would get on really yeah. really well and so I think that's really important in business like people do buy people yeah there's a million bookkeepers out there but I feel like people come to me because they like me yeah, absolutely. I think that is so inspirational. And uh, if I had on hats off to you for persevering and sticking with it through that tough 18 months. Yeah. Um, I, I know what it's like to be in that situation. So um, when I was much, much younger, uh, and it is really hard mm. um, when you don't know where, the, where, where you're going to put supper on the table effectively for your kids, especially. I mean, I wasn't in that position with kids, but in my family background. But um, no, I think I think that's amazing. And yeah, you're, I think you're absolutely right. And I think so many of us are so shy about saying to the world what we do. Um, and we don't we don't tell our friends and relatives because we think they're going to diss us or they're going to say, oh, who do you think you are to be doing that? Yeah, exactly. You feel like oh, you're showing off or yeah. Also, don't you worry that they'll get just get bored of you just talking about bookkeeping. I mean, imagine trying to have a conversation about GDPR. I mean, it's a non-starter for a conversation, isn't it? You know, so you just you can see people's face go. Well, exactly. I do want to talk about bookkeeping, and yeah. you know, only people only wanted to kind of talk about things with me I suppose when it was like furlough or the job replacement scheme and whatever you know just stuff like that they didn't understand it but yeah no yeah. one talks to me about stuff like that everyone everyone's scared of telling me about stuff so I've got friends who have filed their tax returns late or haven't filed it at all they're like oh I know you're gonna kill me but could you help me I just don't get it and, that, and I feel like that's why I love doing what I do yeah, because yeah. I want to take the stress out of numbers. I don't want it to be a foreign language to anybody. I want to empower people with, they don't need to understand how to do everyday bookkeeping, but I want them to be able to understand how to read the numbers. Because mm -hmm. how are you supposed to make good business decisions if you don't even know, not only what you're bringing in, but the profit that you're making. And yeah. what you, if you've got like a product based business, it's what you should be selling more of and what you should stop selling because it's not profitable whatsoever yeah. or just yeah or if you should swap suppliers because actually when you look at it you could probably do it a lot cheaper yeah. but yeah, yeah I just I just don't see like I get that accounting's not sexy I get it and um, can't really sex it up but 
I don't feel like it's something that no one starts their business to do invoicing and admin, right? But I want people to feel like it's just part and parcel of, of running their business and yeah. kind of, and also just feeling confident of outsourcing if they need to, because you're probably better, you know, your time's better spent focusing on the thing that actually generates mm. the revenue in your business yeah. than yeah. trying to get your head around all this kind of admin. I just think a lot of people think like, oh, I can't afford to, but actually your, your time is better spent. Yeah, like if you were just able to focus on that, you probably would be generating a lot more money than what you're spending outsourcing it to somebody. So it's also something hugely empowering. And and Shelley, you've been in business a long time about being able to look at the numbers in your business and understanding what that tells you about your business. You know, and as service business owners, we don't have that, that product thing, but you know what you're saying there, Zalika, about just understanding the basics of, you know, a lot of us now use things like Zero or QuickBooks, but to be able to pull off a balance sheet or a profit and loss and understand what that's telling us about our business, it is really very, very empowering, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, totally. You know, people are always saying like, oh, my six-figure business, six-figure business. I don't really care how much you're turning over. I want to know what your profit's like you know it's, there's no point in you making six figures if you spend it all you know on yeah. whatever it is and if you're not tracking your numbers you probably don't realize like why am I so broke it's because yeah. you know and you know just it's just these little things that people can do to make adjustments and just not be stressed out by yeah. it all the time and like I said I don't feel like I'm doing myself out of a job because people are always going to I feel like you're always going to need a bookkeeper. You're always going to need an accountant. I feel like I, I, I offer a lot more value to people if I can arm them how to read the numbers themselves. I don't, what's the point of me just print, printing off a profit and loss? And they're, they're kind of like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, what is, yeah. You know, they need to understand the balance sheet because it shows the health of the business. So you can be making a profit, but also you of, of you know day to day, but it also mm. the balance sheet will show you if you've taken out lots of loans. So it doesn't mm. show a very healthy business. Yeah. You owe loads lots of money to HMRC in VAT or PAYE because you haven't been paying it. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it resonates with me. I, I used to struggle every month. I used to do all my own, um, you know, reconciling my bank account at the end of the month. And I'm, although I teach Excel, I'm an IT trainer. So although I teach Excel and I do really well at teaching Excel, I'm not really numerate, which is why I love Excel, because it does the numbers for me. But um, I'm married, like Joe, to an accountant. Um, and I resisted giving him the books to do. He always said, let me do them. And I would say to him, oh, David, I'm going to go and reconcile the bank account this week. And it would be Saturday night or Sunday morning. So I'm going to hide because inevitably he'd have to fix it because I would do something back to front the wrong way around. And then he'd spend, I'd spend four hours doing it and he'd spend three hours correcting it. Yeah. So um, a couple of about 18 months ago or so, once we moved here, I just said to him, you know what? You can do it now. Yeah. And I've got to say, it's such a relief. Um, it's such a relief. And he just says to me at the end of the month, just put so much in your tax pot and so much here and that's it. And it's just much easier. I do track my money though. I do track religiously 
every course that I sell, every booking that I make, everything that I buy, it's all in a spreadsheet. So I do keep an eye, close BDI on all of that. And I think a lot of business owners don't realise they are more organised than they give themselves credit yeah. for. I have a lot of people who come to me and go, oh, you're probably going to... And actually, they, they're, all, they're okay. It just needs a few tweaks, tweaks or whatever it is. Mm. But, um, I, I like, I feel like I get value as well with my clients when they are really interested to know yeah. you can break it down because it's all of that future planning as well it's kind of like okay this is what's happening right now but what are we trying to do in the next five years or ten years or 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 whatever it is and so it's just not yeah just not the tracking of the day-to-day it's helping them to kind of level up and um I, one of my favorite clients they're all my favorite clients but one of my <laughs> My favourite is a young woman who came to me because she wanted to know how to track her numbers. We literally had our first meeting in Starbucks. She's just like, I've just started this business and I just want to make sure that I'm keeping on top of all my numbers and my admin and whatever it is. And I trained her how to use Xero and sent her on her way. Um... And then when she just became so busy, she was like, well, actually, I don't have the time. Can you do it? And so I started doing something like three hours a month and then five hours and then 10 and then 25. And then, you know, and now this this individual is probably, you know, going to be going on to close to a million pounds wow. of turnover soon. And so I love that. I love looking and thinking, we started off in Starbucks. We just kind of <laughs> yeah. told you how to use zero and how to, you know, um, take pictures of all your receipts and attach it and stuff like that. See, that's the stuff yeah. that I kind of love. And for me, that just shows the benefits of from right in the beginning, it not being something that you're going to do. I'm not going to, I'm not, oh, I need to do this and I'll do it later. She was mm, yeah. very beginning, like, how can I set myself yeah. up for success? And, yeah. um, and she, again you know she always has wanted to understand the numbers and what does that mean and how to and what would it look like if we did this and what would it you know that those kinds of questions and I feel like that's why she's now at the position that you know she's worked incredibly hard and she's got a team and you know but ultimately you know she set herself up for success so. Oh, that's, that's amazing that's fantastic I love that wow. I love that but Joe said earlier on you have more than one business I do and I don't know if I'm gonna kind of merge them or not so basically so I started fast and it was all about doing it for you so you know we're an extension of our clients business and then I think probably at the start of the pandemic um I had a conversation with Joe and I really wanted to I just thought what about a lot of the time when I go out and about I would meet people who would say you know I might be speaking at an event and it's like oh I can't wait until I'm earning x amount and I can afford you sort of thing Mm. and like the client that I said that I had where I kind of helped her right at the beginning it was like well what happened how do people get to that position you know if they don't know what they're doing so I decided that I was going to start doing one-to-one coaching for, for startups really yeah. or people who um do have the time to do it themselves they just don't know how to do it 
So that's the thing that that was always my my tagline, right? You know, when you don't have the time, you don't have the interest, you know, get us to do it for you. But what about the people who do have an interest and do have the time? They just don't know what to do. So started doing one-to-one coaching, um, with people who yeah who have just started or have been going for a bit and I just want to make sure that they're doing it correctly so it could be that they have a product and they don't know how to price it so mm. really going back to basics and looking at things like well what how much do you pay you know pay for it what are your other overheads and making sure that you know all your overheads are being covered and kind of like really really breaking it down or I had somebody who um was running an events business and then obviously her whole business kind of went kaput and so she was trying to do different things and just needed someone to help her break down the numbers and how to kind of organize it all and then she was helping her uncle who had it was like an electrician um how to organize his business and yeah it was just kind of like the way that I saw it was I thought that there'll be a lot more companies who will become a vast client one day if we could help them right from the beginning you know yeah. like if, if you we could help nurture the business owner right and hold their hand you know they are going to turn around one day and kind of go oh actually I'm so busy now can you just end up doing our but yeah it was just kind of yeah, like nurturing the relationship along the way so yeah, and then um, it, that dropped off a bit because I was so focused on the main business. And now that's why I'm saying I don't know if I want to make it just one business because it kind of felt like I was just concentrating so much over here. Yeah. I've kind of forgotten about that. But it's like, well, why don't I just kind of put it all together? Yeah. So I kind of saw it as a, what I've done it as kind of like an ask me, teach me. So like an ask me is mm. you know, just coming armed with your questions um, you might just have, how do I do this? What should I do? You know, should I should I be limited or should I stay as a sole trader? Yeah. Those sorts of things where they just, because everything is in Google, but everything sometimes seems like a foreign language. And, yeah. you know, there's so many contradicting things as well. So, and then there's like the teach me, which is sitting down with somebody and they just say like, how would I track my numbers in a spreadsheet and we just sit down and we can put it together or I can show them how to track it in zero or or things like that we can have you know strategy sessions and I just thought why am I separating it it's kind of like it's all part and parcel of being an extension of someone's business yeah. whether it's they're right at the start of the journey yeah or years down it's still needing an extra pair of hands right kind of pulling in the expertise where you don't you don't have them so yeah it's kind of kind of in that middle ground of me thinking do I keep it separate you know because it for me it was like over here it's me teaching you how to do it and over here is us doing it for you but yeah it's kind of it's part and part to me it sounds like it's one business and it's just an extension it's like a different pillar mm, of your business yeah and you've got your team of people who do the bookkeeping uh, and you're the premium product um, where people come and get your expertise to exactly. help them. Yeah, I, I think it makes total sense. Yeah, to total yes. sense. And I think as well, um, and I felt, and I, and I realised I was missing a trick as well. So as much as I'm a qualified bookkeeper and probably the majority of my revenue is generating through bookkeeping, we also do traditional EA, we do lifestyle yeah. management. So it, it started off with um, a, an old bookkeeping client 
um, coming to me and asking if I knew anyone who could help her move house. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I'm going on off on holiday, but I need to move out of my house and, and move into a new place. I was like, yeah, we can sort that out for you. So that's how our lifestyle management service started. Yeah. So literally she left like on the 15th of December with her suitcase, her and her son's suitcase of the stuff they, and they, off they went to Jamaica. And we went in, we completely packed up the whole house. Um, her new wow. house wasn't gonna be ready until the 1st of January. So we moved all her stuff into her office. Um, and so just organizing all like the couriers and the, the, the removal men and, and doing all of that. And then had to go back on the 1st, meet them, collect her keys and move all her stuff into the new place. And then she came back like on the 4th of Jan, literally met her, gave her the keys. And um, so that's literally how that started. So that amazing. Wow. it's kind of like, uh, it's how the other half live. You really just go, yeah. you've got the money, like literally there is a service for everything. But yeah, it's kind of like this whole ask me, teach me. It's like, well, it's not just bookkeeping that <laughs> people need advice about how to organize just general admin right it's yeah. talking to them about how to, how asana you know is is a good tool to use in your business or um what is project management and, and kind of explaining how you know that could be useful whether they're introducing a new product or service or a new department or new set of people that they're starting to employ people how they can sort that all out and how they can all you know organize it i think everyone needs help with with stuff like that so it's not just I, I don't want to just do it with just bookkeeping want to help people um yeah project manage whatever it is in their business or organize their admin a little bit better or um because I just think money and admin and paper I think that's all kind of um great foundation of a business yeah and just have it all kind of put it out otherwise it doesn't matter how brilliantly you market yourself whatever it is you've got to make sure that you you file things properly and um have an idea of how to structure it or so yeah so that's kind of um yeah where I'm at at the moment I think just kind of like how else can I help the business owner hmm. well that sounds phenomenal that sounds absolutely phenomenal watch this space I can see you're going to be famous. You're going to be on all those talk shows out there telling everyone how to do everything. I don't know about that, but what's it called? It's, I know that I'm onto a good thing when I get excited about it. When yeah, I actually absolutely. Like it. Because, yeah, I just, I just like helping people and using my skills to leave them stress-free or less stressed you know that's why I get a real buzz when I can see someone go oh my god even just having this conversation with you I feel less stressed you know just you know saying to someone you know kind of devising a whole plan of how they divvy up their money when it comes in so that they've got you know um I teach a lot of people like um profit first system Mm -hmm. kind of making sure that they have a VAT pot and a corporation tax pot and so they don't have that oh you know moment at the end of thinking they don't have that money or whatever it is it's kind of like I want them to enjoy being in business or at least the money side of not being the thing that is causing them stress at night you know or just feeling generally unorganized so now that's 
Can I just say, that's really interesting because I've heard a couple of people talk about profit first, but I've never worked that out, what that is. Uh, How does that work? What is that? So basically, it's, I think as the business owner, especially when you first start a business, um, you're not really thinking about paying yourself you're just trying to you know you you don't know what software you're supposed to have and you just buy stuff and waste money probably on different Mm -hmm. things and you know trial and error um and this guy I could not remember his name Mike something or another you know there's a book oh yeah Mike Malkovich yeah and he's just basically saying that it's just a view of how you see money coming in. So instead of you being paid a thousand pounds and going, oh, I've got a thousand pounds, it's kind of breaking that money up into pots. So that thousand pounds comes in and 40% of it goes into an owner's compensation pot because that has to pay you. It's kind of like, how can you run a business every day and not being able to even pay your own bills and things like that? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, having a set of money and putting it aside for operating expenses, that's the money you've got to spend on software or equipment or whatever it is. You don't have a thousand pounds, you've got 400 pounds or you've got 300 pounds. And then you've got money set aside for corporation tax. You might put 15% in the corporation tax plot and then you set aside 5% for profit. So profit, you can reinvest it back into the business down the down the line you know you could use that as a bonus for yourself but it's just trying to make people um view their money a little bit differently because if you kind of see that everything that you have that comes in you can spend it well then no wonder you're not going to have any money to pay your corporation tax bill at the end of the year no wonder you can't pay yourself no wonder you're overspending because i made a profit but I, i don't have any money in the bank account like it doesn't make sense it's just i don't i see it as like my grandparents when my granddad would come home on a friday and give my grandma his wages and she would divvy it up so that's the money for the rent that's the money mm-hmm. for um the groceries that's the money to put aside so that they can move yeah. to the house one day and they, she would put it into different envelopes and she yeah. would take money from one envelope and put it in another that's what money we've got for food this week and i feel that's that's how it is with profit first that's in the pot so whatever's in that pot that's what you've got to pay yourself what's that whatever you've got in that pot is what you can pay software equipment or whatever it is or what you've got money to pay staff or whatever it is and I think once I started to implement that in my business I realized just how much I was overspending on stuff um and yeah I mean it's hard especially when you have a team of people as well it's stressful to think about it's on your head you've got to feed these people it's like a effect you know, I've got, to, I've got to make sure I make this money to, to, pay, you know, to pay these people. Yeah. And, um, you know, wanting to know that I, I, if I didn't make profit in my business, I wouldn't be able to afford. It was really important for me to have like an office. And there's a lot of people that work from home and kind of like, why would you waste money? But for me, it was my sanity. I like leaving the house and going to work. Um Otherwise, you know, I'm working at home at the moment. I've got, they're building a sixth form college next door. And, you know, I've got my flatmates, i.e. my children, um, <laughs> <laughs> coming in and asking for whatever it is. So, you know, like, I like my, but yeah. I couldn't afford that if I wasn't making profit in the business. Yeah. You know, yeah. I couldn't afford to outsource 
things like my social media, things that I don't understand to somebody if you don't make profit. So yeah. it just kind of made me view the money that was coming in in a very, very different way. And it was just nice to kind of have money set aside in my back pot. As soon as my back returned, and there was always more money in my back pot, because as soon as money comes in, that back goes straight in there. I don't yeah. kind of work it out and take off for suppliers that I just put it straight in there. So then when I have my VAT returns, I have to file them. I always have more money in there. It's not a stress. And I can yeah. leave it in there. I can reinvest it back into business. I could, whatever it is. So yeah, it's just, it's just a really savvy way of you viewing the money in your business. And again, making better business decisions. That's that's really that's that's really good. I've always done that with uh, certainly with with uh, when I was living in the UK and VAT registered. I'm not no longer don't have to worry about VAT at the moment because of where I am, which is very big relief. Um, although I never had to do the VAT return because David always did them, so that was okay. But uh, but no, so yeah, I always had as soon as a bill, as soon as an. I mean, you talked about you didn't go into businesses to send out invoices. I love sending out invoices. <laughs> I love it. It means somebody wants me to deliver some training. I love it. So I, yeah, I wouldn't say I live for invoices, but I really enjoy sending out invoices. But um, joking aside, if I, if I bill somebody for some work, I'm going to be training, I'm going to be delivering and they pay because they always pay up front. That's just how training works. Then uh, that money comes into my bank account and immediately gets topped up into it. Different pots, if you like, the VAT and the, and the tax get their cut straight away because otherwise you get to that end of the quarter or whatever period and you think ah where's that money for that back hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't got it so, I don't yeah, like that kind of stress in my life no you don't need it you really <laughs> don't need it you really don't need it there's enough other stresses this has been phenomenal so we shall be looking to see your name in lights going <laughs> yeah down the, yeah down the road. <laughs> Definitely, because you've definitely got the personality for it. So we shall be. No, it's it's been an absolutely lovely interview, and thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. And I think that our audience have got lots of things to take away from from our chat today. Um, and we didn't talk about shoes and handbags either. <laughs> that's where it's at, isn't it? The money yeah. is for shoes and handbags. Exactly. That's that's the whole purpose of things. Shoes, handbags for me, laptops, you know, gotta have your priorities. Yeah. So no, just joking aside, it really has been fun. And 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 once again, thank you ever so much for, for coming along. You're very, very welcome. Thank you for, for inviting me. Yeah. And do let us um, have all your details so that we can publicise them and let other VAs know how they can get in touch with you so you can do their bookkeeping. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much. This You're welcome. Great. Okay. Welcome back, listeners. After that fascinating interview with Zalika Jones, I was totally blown away by her, Joe. She's such a lovely person. And her story is truly inspirational, that resilience yeah. and the not giving up um, and pushing through. And I'm sure that lots of our listeners can resonate with the kind of not wanting to tell people about what they do part as well. Yeah. I mean, she is a real force of nature, Zalika, and you know, she's worked incredibly hard to to overcome those challenges that she faced. And, you know, it, as you say, it is very inspirational because I'm sure that there are new VAs who haven't had the benefit of the 
in-person networking to start to build those yeah. relationships. Um, and, you know, we've all gone through the mill a bit in one way or another through the pandemic. And, and I think Zalika's story shows us that while you can have those days, and we've talked about that before, just getting on and getting on and getting on and focusing on one foot, even if you do one step today, you're one step closer. And that's kind of where she's at, you know? Yeah. And I think also what's really important, what 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 stood out for me, or one of the things that stood out, because a lot stood out, but one of the things was this idea of um, that she 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 invested the money in a marketing course so obviously yeah. training is very dear to my heart because that's what I yeah. do um, and and I always think it's worth investing in training and I invest in my own training whether that's in time or money or whatever yeah but um but it wasn't so much that she invested in the marketing course which is commendable on its own but it's what she learned from it about yeah. having to figure out who her ideal client is and yeah. that's something we've also talked about quite a lot on the podcast yeah. And it really bears repeating that it really is the one of the foundations of your business, knowing who it is that yeah. you are serving so that yeah. you know how to speak to them and you know what they need uh, and so that you can provide the solution that they want um, yeah. as well as what you think they want. Because yeah. we all have ideas of what we think our clients need, but yeah. it's not necessarily the same thing. I know in the training I used to get a manager when I had the face-to-face company. I'd have somebody in HR or IT or something. They'd phone up and say, oh, we need an Excel course. So, okay, you need an Excel course. Okay, which kind of Excel? Oh, we just need your intermediate Excel course. And I'm thinking, well, are you sure that's what you need? Yeah. Um, and, and often the people would come on the course and they clearly were not intermediate users. Yeah. Um, that was what they thought they needed. So mm. it's, it's, it's important to do that. The other, the other thing that really stood out is that the conversation we had around understanding and knowing your numbers, yeah. you know, even if you are not an accountant, it is so important as a business owner to know how much money is coming in, how much money is going out, when it's going out, can I pay my tax, have I put some away for tax, can I afford to pay my personal bills, because as a business owner you have business bills and accounts and then you have your personal bills and accounts and if you can't pay your business or your personal then you very quickly can get into that insolvency position so it is important to understand those yeah yeah basically I mean I obviously use a spreadsheet for that Mm. Um, I have a, a spreadsheet that tracks my numbers so one one worksheet is my outgoings and on there is listed all the things that go out and I have a couple of columns for that. I have the monthly column, so I know what goes out every month. And I have another list of annual payments because some subscriptions are annual. Um, for example, my course platform is due in August, as is my Microsoft Office subscription. I have two licenses for that, uh, for me and Veronica. So that is also going to go out either the second half of July or the first half of August. So it's important to know that that's coming up um, and to check that spreadsheet and to know that in July and August, I've got to make sure that I've got enough money either coming in or set aside to cover those bills. And then I have another worksheet where I list um, all the the clients, in my case, it's clients and courses, Um, some of it is virtual live delivery, some of it is um, people that buy the hub or an individual course. And I have all the months going across. 
So when somebody buys something, I plonk whatever they've paid in the right column for that month. And I can see what's going on. So when I get a client phone up and say they want me to deliver some training in September, for example, um, I will invoice, I will be invoicing them and that money will, will go in the September column as, as expected money. So I can see, I can forecast that, yeah, in September, I'm going to get X for that training I'm going to deliver, yeah. which then tells me how much other work I have to do to, to get the rest of the money in that yeah. I want or need to yeah. cover everything else. So it's really important to, for, to, to track it and also to have an idea of what's coming so yeah. that you know where you need to step up. So Zalika yeah. mentioned knowing what products to stop selling as well as what products to sell. Um, same sort of thing. If if you know that you haven't got enough hours, you then know, okay, well, what packages do I have? What do I need to sell more of this month? Or yeah. where should my social media marketing go? Or my newsletter, what should I be focusing on? Yeah. Um, you know, and if you do have a newsletter, um, you should be making an offer in every single newsletter that goes out. That is you should be letting people know somewhere, not blatantly all the time, like I did with my summer special. So apologies if you've got too many emails about my summer special, but um, it works. People don't always take advantage the first time they interact yeah. with you. So yeah. it's really important to, to, keep, to keep letting people know what you do. It comes back to telling people, Hey, I'm Shelley. I'm an IT trainer. You can learn how to master Microsoft Office with me. Or Joe, I solve all your GDPR headaches. You don't have to worry about it. Give it to me. Or yeah. it's Alika's issue. You know, I'll worry about the numbers, but I'll tell you what they mean. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's that's a really important lesson as yeah. well. I, 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 I totally agree. You know, it it tell people, tell them again, and tell them again, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. but telling the right people the right message, you know, um, and ensuring that telling people the right message at the right price so that your yeah. finances balance and you're earning. Ultimately, none of us work just to work, do we? No. No, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, haven't we, Joe? But, yeah. uh, you know, yes, I love what I do. I really do. And I really get a kick out of, of the light bulb moments. And listeners, I'm going to tell you about one in a minute. Joe knows what I'm going to tell you. Yes. But um, I love it when my learners or acquaintances or friends have those light bulb moments about something I've taught them. And it really does save them time. And it's great. It's a great feeling. But... Um, at the end of the day, I'm running a business. And yes, I want to help as many people as I can, but I also need to pay bills. And I also need to travel to see my kids abroad. That's what my money goes on. My money goes on seeing our kids. Yeah. That's what I work for. So, um, you know, it, and that's really, really, really important. So, you know, we, yes, we all love what we do. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Um, I remember talking to, I think, Gwen, Gwen Beck, Backhouse, yes. I think, talking about how she loves transcription and she loves typing. And I'm thinking, oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> but, um, but, but she loves it and she loves organising it. And, and somebody like Jules or Lucy, who, who love organising people's diaries, whereas other people hate it. So it's really important to also really love what you do, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and from my perspective, you've only got to say that's four little letters and people just go, oh, no. <laughs> so I know that feeling. And I, yeah. you know, each to our own, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But talking of light bulb moments. So listeners, we're still on the theme of Excel. If you hadn't noticed, July at the uh, at tomorrow's VA has been all about Excel. So if you've been in receipt of my newsletters through July, if you've read any of my blogs through July, you'll notice that they will all have been about Excel. And August was about Word, because remember, this is going out in September, so I have to remember where we are in time, which is not a good thing, but anyway. So just before we came on air, before, before, I was telling Joe about what I'm currently working on. And I'm working on a new Excel course at the moment. And uh, I'm just uh, decided when I was planning it that there was an element that I think is fairly foundational, which I hadn't put in my basic course. And I didn't really want it, but it actually sits really well in my next level course, which is the one I'm currently working on. So I decided to make that the first module of the course. And it's all about grouping your worksheets together so that whatever you type on the first worksheet filters through as if you've put carbon copy and you can see it on all the other worksheets, formatting, formulas, everything. Uh, and, and I was glibly telling Joe about this, assuming because I know Joe is quite a power user of Excel, that she knew this stuff. And she said, grouping? What grouping? And I showed her. And I can't tell you how excited she was, uh, which made me feel really good. Um, but but it's, um, it's, it's made me realise that there are so many things that we think are easy uh, and foundational, but other people, and we assume, we make assumptions all the time that other people know them. And, and they don't um, always know them. They might do sometimes, some people will know them, but not everyone, which is another reason why we have to keep repeating our message. Um, and I know for me with marketing, it's taken me years and years and years to learn what I know now. I, and I didn't know it at the beginning. And the first time I had online training, it was an abject failure. I thought, build it and they will come. Yeah. It doesn't quite work like that though. No, <laughs> not unless you tell them that it's there for them to buy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's the same with your VA services. Unless your potential clients know that you exist, and not only that you exist, but know what you offer, and not only know that you exist and, and what you offer, but also it's what they want, uh, and that it's going to solve the problem that's currently causing them sleepless nights. Yeah, that's, that's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. So um, I think we got a huge amount out of today's episode. Yeah. Huge amount. Huge, huge amount. amount. Huge amount. So listeners, let me let you go, because as we wrap up recording for today, it's 24 six for where I am in Israel. And um, Joe, it's 20 past four for you. Yeah. About, yeah. About that. So I have to start thinking about what to put on the table for supper, which I'm, well, I actually know what I'm going to make, but I've still got to go and do it. Um, and I've lately fallen out of love with my kitchen a bit, even though I love my kitchen kitchen, but doing things in it. Yeah. And that's because, you know why that is? I know why it is. It's because I'm excited about my new project. Um, and I want to be doing that all the time and not doing other things. Does that happen to you, Joe? Yes, it, it, frequently. But it is important. And this is a conversation we had way back yeah. at the beginning. Um, 
it is important that you do shut off and switch yeah. off because otherwise that new project kind of becomes the millstone around your neck. Absolutely, totally. And on that note, listeners, join us on our virtually amazing Facebook page. Find us on the Tomorrow's VA website. Find us on our YouTube channel where you can watch us in glorious Technicolor and, uh, and do get in touch and tell us what you would like to hear about. As I mentioned in the opening segment, we've had a flurry of applications from new guests, which we're very excited about, but we'd love you to join too. So do fill in the application form. There's a form on the Tomorrow's VA website on the podcast page and on every podcast episode. So do go fill in that form and we automate things because we're all about productivity. So you will get back an email saying we've got your application. We'll check you out in the background and then you'll get an invitation to book your slot. And today we've just put a whole slew of new dates in the diary for podcast recording. So we'd love to have you. And on that note, we'll say bye bye until next week. You have been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode. See you then.